This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 279. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, today, uh, occasionally we have to talk about unpleasant things, and I'm calling this show Fruit Flies and Other Unpleasant Trees in the Bar. I hate fruit flies so much. I go to war with them every year, and uh, this is the time of year in my part of the world anyway that you really need to be thinking about it because uh, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So uh, I just thought I'd bring up a few, a bunch of stuff you can do to prevent those darn things from taking over your bar because it's disgusting and annoying, and it's, and it's, uh, it's you know doesn't look good either <laughs> if you have bugs flying around your bar so uh here's a few things you, you know i had a uh, there was one place i was at and uh when i started working there there was a big problem with fruit fl- with the fruit flies and uh i you know i tried everything trying to keep things clean and all i could do and anything i could do and uh one day the exterminator was there i was like what, what can we do and he looks down and he sees you know here in new york anyway we keep the beer bottles because they're worth five cents each and you send them back to the distributor um so there was a, a box of empty beer bottles under the bar and he was like how often do you empty that i said well when it fills up we take it outside he says you need to empty that a lot you know like never leave it overnight in the bar for one thing turns out fruit flies love beer and then uh you have your beer taps as well so uh you need to get those plugs that you put up in the beer in the uh, beer taps at the end of the night and uh if things are really bad you might want to keep them there um until you get everything under control and then just take them away while you're actually pouring a beer you know those taps the the plugs they fit in the tap uh i'll put a link to it on the website bartenderjourney.net I'm sure you're cleaning your beer drip tray really well at the end of the night, right? Well, I hope you are because they will go to town on that thing. They will have a fruit fly party every night in in there if you don't keep that clean. Really, when you leave at the end of the night, there just should be no standing water anywhere in the bar because they need water to, uh, they need, like most beings, they need water to live. And, uh, you know, the thing with fruit flies is they don't live very long, but they reproduce very quickly. So uh, you just can't let them have anything that'll let them reproduce. Uh, Of course, just like the name says, fruit flies, they love fruit, especially rotting fruit. So uh, keep your garnishes covered all the time and don't let the, you know, keep them cold or at least, uh, you know, just put a little bit out at a time. So you keep, uh, keep the most majority of it in the fridge and then take it out as you need it. Cause rotting fruit is what they love more than anything. You want to cover your liquor, bo- liquor bottles at the end of the night, make sure they're all covered one way or another. Some people just use uh, plastic or uh, there's certain products you can get or there's different ways to do that. But you don't want any uh, fruit flies ending up in your liquor, that's for sure. You need to wipe down those bottles because they get sticky and they like that stuff. The soda gun, clean that off really, really well. Make the drip tray, everything about the soda gun, make sure that's clean. The bar mats, uh you know, that you keep on your bar if you, if you have that and you put your, where you make your drinks, uh, they get, depending on how, uh, messy you are and how, how high volume your bar is, that can get full of liquid pretty quickly. So you might want to empty that, um, during the shift. You're probably mopping at the end of the night, or someone is, and uh, but don't be surprised if those fruit flies feed on the residue on the damp mop. And uh, the bucket, of course, you know, is full of, hopefully that's not full of water all night. So I take all that stuff out of the bar in a closet, make sure it's uh, out of the way, you know, and uh, moist moist cleaning rags, sponges, all that stuff. That's water. That's, that's something that they can uh, feed on. 
I don't know how much you know about plumbing, but uh, if you ever look in a under a sink, you see that uh, U-shaped thing. It's called the trap, and uh, that is full of water. And the reason for that is to keep the sewer gases from coming up and um, making it smelly, right? So uh, that's full of water. Fruit flies can get in there and uh, enjoy that water. What you want to do, take some sanitizer, pour it down all the drains, including your floor drain. The floor You probably have a floor drain in the bar, and that one's really important to keep full of water or better sanitizer so the bugs don't get in there. How's your garbage can? You have a liner in your garbage can, right? But uh, how's it look underneath that? And you might want to take that garbage out more than just once a night. If you Google how to get rid of fruit flies, you'll see uh, all kinds of traps people have set for the to, for that. But to me, that's the last resort. I mean, you really want to prevent them from uh, flourishing, from reproducing, from getting in there in the first place. So that's my rant on fruit flies. We'll talk about something a little more pleasant in a minute. It's uh, Kentucky Derby in a couple of days. So we want to talk about mint juleps and how to make them for a crowd. We touched on it a little bit last week in the interview with Benny. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that again being uh, it's derby just in a few days here, but, uh, a few more thing, a few more rants or, uh, uh, pet peeves of mine, um, suggestions, wash your hands a lot behind the bar. My hands are cracked and dry and I wash my hands probably 150 times a, a shift or more <laughs> and, uh, they're dry, but it's, you know, it's worth it. I mean, I need to, uh, my hands have to be clean and uh, I'm really a stickler on that. And I think everybody should be the, you know, when you're touching all kinds of things that people have their mouths on and, uh, money, you know, who knows where that money's been if you're handling cash. So there's that never pick up a glass by the rim, please clean or dirty. Never, uh, touch the rim of the, of the glass and never ever use that claw method to pick up dirty glasses. Ugh, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. I hate that. It's gross. Last thing, and I'll stop talking about gross stuff, uh, bar rags. Sometimes I see bar rags being used and I think that's not going to make anything cleaner. It's going to make things dirtier. You can, uh, you can leave your bar rag in a bucket of sanitizer, but then it's soaking wet all the time. I use seafold paper towels to do most cleaning tasks. I know it's not the most environmentally friendly thing to do, but at least I know it's clean and I'm not just spreading yucky stuff from one place to another. All right, enough yucky talk. All right, the mint julep, the uh, Kentucky Derby. This is the traditional drink of the Kentucky Derby, of course. And the classic recipe is to take some mint, muddle it in your cup or in your mixing mixing cup, and then uh, add some um, simple syrup to that and bourbon and give that a little shake and pour it over uh, crushed ice and uh, ideally a uh, metal cup of some sort and that's uh that's a great way to do it but what if you're doing it for a large crowd all that muddling is no fun at all and not not an efficient use of your time that's for sure so uh a mint simple syrup is the best way to do it now how to make a mint simple syrup there's several methods jeffrey morgenthaler and his great book the bar book which uh i have a lot of respect for that book and that man and uh he tells you to take the mint blanch it in hot water for five seconds then uh uh, put that immediately into an ice water bath and then uh, pick pick the leaves off the stems, put that in a blender with simple syrup and then run it through a cheesecloth. That's uh, I'm sure it's great. I haven't actually tried that, but uh, I just I don't have a lot of patience for <laughs> straining things, things through cheesecloth. It takes so long. A couple years ago, I made simple syrup, put the mint in there while it was still hot. What well, after the um, 
well, I took the simple syrup off the stove, but while it was still hot, I put the mint in there and let it sit for uh, over an hour. And I wasn't thrilled with the way that tasted, uh, tasted kind of cooked <laughs> like tea. Um, so this year I'm going to make simple syrup and I'm going to leave the mint in there. I'm going to do that at the beginning of my shift on Friday and, um, in the cold, simple syrup and then leave it. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to take about six hours, but I'll taste it every few hours and see how it's going. So, uh, I'll get back to you on that. But, um, anyway, however you want to make your mint simple syrup, I think that's the best way to do it. If you're serving mint juleps to a crowd or mojitos. So then of course we can just mix in the bourbon with the simple syrup, uh, the mint simple syrup and pour that over crushed ice. And there's a mint julep of a sprig of mint, of course, in there for garnish. So, uh, and you always want to slap your herbs a little bit on your hand or, uh, clap them, put it in your palm and clap it. Uh, that releases the oils and, uh, makes it a little more fragrant. So, uh, that's it. Short podcast this week. Remember, my name is Brian Vince Weber. Feel free to get in touch for any reason at all. It's Brian at bartenderjourney.com. Net. I appreciate you listening, and here's our toast. Make every day a masterpiece. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. There's another benefit the saloon has given to our country.